talk to our good buddy Alex Darty. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty One. Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us, man. Of course. How are y'all doing? Doing well, and I it's it's kind of a you know Predators hockey has I I mean it it took over the news for so long, and now I feel like it's kind of. It's it's not regressing. I don't want to say regressing because that's not the right word, but it's kind of fading in a little bit now. Is that is that how you're feeling about it? Because I know obviously you're seeing them every day uh, and focus them on every day. How have you seen, you know, not so much the analytics of clicks, I'm not saying that, but how, what is the vibe that you've been seeing of just coverage for the Preds? Well, I, uh, one thing that probably contributes to that is they've been on the road for mm. six straight games. They've been all over. They went down to Florida, Chicago, and then out west to Vancouver and Arizona, Los Angeles, Anaheim. So they, they've been on the road for like two weeks straight. So that's part of it. Um, I, I still think um, there's a lot of uh, – th- there's there's significant momentum in terms of the fan base. I, I mean, I can't I, – I, I, not being really a part of the fan base, I can't really speak for it. But from what I can tell, at least in the digital space, in the online world, um, there's, a, there's quite a lot of momentum. I mean, like they've – you know, they've won eight out of their last 12 games. They've sort of found their way back into the playoff race. I mean, they're only like five points out of of a playoff spot with games in hand. And that's like, you know, better than they've been in a while. And I think that there's a lot of people who think, who, who would have thought, you know, before they sold everything, if they had been pushing for the playoffs, it would have been a disappointment. But now that they've sold and they've got all these young guys in, they all of a sudden it's like a, kind of a different mindset. Okay, all right, now fine, yeah, make the playoffs. That sounds good. So there's there's a there's probably more people on board with the team now than were I would say in January, for example, when they were bad and didn't have a direction, didn't know what was going to happen with David Poyle. And there, so the, I think things are are really in a better place now. I mean, we'll see what happens over these last 18 games, but um, things still seem, you know, they come home for a couple games and they'll be, they have several big home games coming up, including Winnipeg on Saturday. That's a big game, but there's a lot of, a lot of momentum, I think in terms of, you know, can this team actually do it? Can this team make the playoffs? It's funny too, that, you know, you, you said that the reason why it seems like they've kind of faded away or, or what I was kind of alluding <laughs> to is because they're on the road doesn't seem like many many reporters really travel with the Preds. I mean, this is kind of a bigger question, obviously, Alex. But I definitely have seen some open conversation on Twitter uh, with different people that, that cover the beat with the Preds or something like that. And they just talk about how, uh, you know, what, you know, X TV station, radio station, newspaper, whatever you want to say. They just don't even don't send anybody on the road. Why do you think that is? Oh, well, if we're going to get into this, I've got a lot of opinions about this, but I, I <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that, hey, that's what we do, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel very strongly that the team does need uh, more reporters on the road. Um, I would love to be one of those re- people on the road covering the team. Uh, it's unfortunately not in the budget for for our company that we that I work for. But um, there I, and I think that's probably the, the case for for most companies right i mean like consider the 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 biggest media companies in nashville are are you know the tennessean and you got you got the the tv stations tv stations aren't going to send anybody they haven't sent anybody in probably ever and the tennessean is you know they're they're pretty much just staying in town i mean like i I know that they do send people on the road for for titans games and stuff like that but it's just not in the budget and i think it's just because the the money isn't quite there yet 
uh, or at least not not anymore. Um, I, I think uh, you can do reporting. You can do quality reporting on the team while they're on the road. It just isn't the same exactly. I mean, you only get so much in the in like post game, but uh, I think it does make a difference when you have people on the road. And and I I think there's there's some stuff in the works for the future. I think for that, and I can't really go into details on that. But you know, we'll see if maybe in the future there's more people covering the team on the road. I think it's more important to cover the team to have quality coverage with the team at least when they're at home so we got to make sure that's yeah. quality too i mean like, as of right now there's only th- two or three independent media sources or media people covering the team that aren't employed by the team at every game and i mean at every game like two or three sometimes there's more sometimes there's sometimes every, you know a lot of people come and a lot of people show up if it's a big game or something but i mean there's like two or three that are there every game no matter what you know i'm one of them and there's only a couple others so hmm. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's important, I think, to to at least have coverage for every game, no matter what. Um, and also, what does your coverage look like? Is it is it uh, independent? Is it like you know influenced? Is it is it fan focused? Which I tend not to be. I don't I don't like to be fan focused. Uh, is it uh, you know unbiased? Is it going to ask you know tough questions and stuff like that? And you get into all kinds of arguments about what that even means. But right. um, yeah, I think it's an important topic. Yeah, no, I do too. Because I, like I said, I saw the open conversation that was had. I don't remember when, and I didn't even plan on bringing it up with you. But as we were sitting here, and you mentioned that that way, I, that kind of sparked that uh, that uh, that memory of it from I don't know, it was a week ago on Twitter or so. Uh, and I started thinking that is interesting. I never, I never, you know, cause for Titans games, there's plenty of people that go on the road and they, you know, they all do their coverage and things like that. And obviously the NFL is the NFL, right? That's just a, a money monster, uh, you know, and, and so there's so much attention paused to that, but I know there's a lot of people that would also love coverage the same way that they get with the Titans, uh, you know, with the predators. So anyway, that was, uh, that was a long way to get around it, but I'm glad, Hey, we talked about it though. At least Alex, see, we don't stray away from the, uh, the awkward conversations that other people might not like to have Alex. Yeah, no, it's an important conversation. And it's also one that it really bothers me whenever people talk about it, that don't know anything about what's, what, what you know why that might be or mm. when people just want to blame media for anything related to the predators it really gets me going because i i don't really understand that topic I, I, or I, I don't understand that take i don't i don't get why people need to go to that that direction because all it does is hinder like the the people that might want to get involved in it right. and also it, it doesn't it's not like it changes anything i mean like we we can only do so much we can ask the questions we want to. We can use our access in the right way to to get information out there that might not be out there otherwise. We can create narratives and start narratives that maybe lead to other kind of change, but you know, we can't we're not in charge. <laughs> now, let's talk about some actual Predators hockey here. Uh talk to me about Luke Evangelista. That name, I'm seeing him everywhere. I was reading your article uh a couple of weeks ago. Uh, out about him talk to me about what you've seen in him and his uh his first starts and his first tenure here with the team yeah evangelista is um just a a quick rising you know offensive player i i think you know he's he's got he scored a couple goals already i think um his his involvement in the team the rest of this year will be fairly minimal I, i don't see him like you know coming on and and becoming like a philip forsberg right away uh but i think the ceiling for him is to be kind of a 30 goal scorer kind of guy that uh, is going to just be a solid offensive presence for, for years to come. The, the biggest thing about him, he's got speed. He has a really good wrist shot. He 
skates well. Uh, I think he works well with some of the other off young offensive players that they have, especially Tommy Novak, who, by the way, is also very good right now and, and playing probably better than anyone on the team. Uh, but Evangelista, yeah, I think I was a little surprised when they when they called him up recently because I, I really thought we wouldn't see him until next year. But he wasn't. Look, this is a good example of the bucking the trend about, you know, do you need now? He's not he's not a Connor McDavid type, but like, do you need to just bet, tank and go in that go into the um, down part of the league for a number of years in order to get top quality talent? Evangelista was a second round pick. He was the 42nd overall pick by the Nashville Predators and flew up the charts. He lit absolutely lit up the OHL, had a really strong season, 55 goals in his uh in his first full OHL season. I'm sorry, second full OHL season. Um, and th- then came on to Milwaukee, played really well there. I-, I think he's probably going to be the leading scorer on this team in two years maybe 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 three years by the time Forsberg hits you know 35 or whatever he'll be at that point I think Evangelista will be the leading scorer on the team come 2026 2027 how does that work out too because I I think we've probably crossed this bridge before uh but with your much more dense knowledge than me compared for just hockey in general trying to tank right like every year especially in football right there's always the people say oh you should tank for this quarterback he's going to change the world but then really you get that first round pick whoever that guy is and it doesn't ever really work out you know the way that people think oh he's just going to be for sure Super Bowl winner in hockey how does that work out you know for Connor McDavid's of the world uh Bedard's coming up that sort of thing how much does that really affect the overall winning side of the team well, there's all kinds of math that goes into it. I, I, it would take a while to really dive into it, but but basically, it's true that if you you know the more top five picks you have, and I, I would say top five, not just top three, but top five picks, the more of those you have, the more likely you're going to have a really solid team. Um, but the the chance of the the chances of of tanking at the right time and getting that one player, it's just like it's almost impossible to do. I mean. Not to mention the lottery system is, has changed so that you really can't just be an awful team and, and count on the top pick. I mean, uh, a few years ago, the the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia Flyers were were, I don't know, outside of the top five in terms of their uh, their their pick chances. And they got number one and number two at jumping over t- over some really bad teams like Buffalo and stuff like that. So, I mean, you can jump and not being that bad of a team. You can also be really bad, get a top pick, and still not be very good. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Buffalo Sabres are a good example of that. I think the the Florida Panthers have done that. Um, the Devils are starting to come along, but, you know, you, you never know. And then there's also just – it takes so much more than just one guy. I mean, you, you have to have – if you're really going to go the tank route, you've got to get like three or four years – of, of bad picks. I mean, that's what Colorado did. Colorado got a Nathan McKinnon. They got a uh, uh, Kale McCarr out of their, their bad years. Um, and uh, that really was all it needed. That's all they needed. They needed to get those guys. And then they got a cup out of it. So, um, you know, it, it's just, there's so much risk involved with it. I mean, I, it'll never happen with Nashville because they do not want to be that bad for a number of years. So anyone holding out for that, it's not going to happen. Well, and that that's kind of the case I was getting into is that, they had this turnaround. They had a good road trip. 
uh, recently and really after the All-Star break, I mean, actually not even after the All-Star break, it was really after the Poyle news, we started seeing this team playing with a different fervor. Uh, to use a big word, um, and they they were they were winning, and and like you were saying, they're getting close to a playoff run. Uh, what what does that mean for this team? Because that I know we've talked about it before, the middling is just kind of right where you don't want to be half the time because you're you're not getting those changing players like those top five picks. But then you know there is the good side of the playoff that you can at least say these young guys are getting a taste of what it is for whatever the future can be. So where is that sweet spot that you would like to see the Preds be at when it's all wrapped up at the end of the season? I mean, I think that they could be right where they are if if they were in the playoffs. I I think you don't want to be out of the playoffs and out of the lottery pick. That's the worst spot. So if they're going to do it, they need to do it. They need to, they need to go on a hot streak these last 18 games and make it into the playoffs. Um, when I talked to Barry Trotz, when he, on that day that they announced that he was going to be the, then the new GM, um, he was pretty honest about, you know, the fact that they've never been able to acquire that top, that really top forward guy in the top three. And he's basically said, look, we, we probably will never get to that. We will probably, we are going to have to acquire that player some other way. There's a couple ways you can do that. One is via trade, which the Nashville Predators have done by getting Ryan Johansson, who was a number four overall pick. Another is via free agency, who they got Matthew Shane, who was a number three overall pick. And then the other way, and this is out of the box and probably won't happen, but you never know, would be an offer sheet. You can go after RFAs, young restricted free agents, throw a lot of money at them, force the uh, force the signing team to make a decision of whether to sign this guy for a ton of money or to take the the draft pick compensation, which, by the way, Nashville has every draft pick in the next three drafts to, to work with. So you could see them go after a, a, a guy like a Trevor Zegers, for example. Um, don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, someone like that, you could go after a top, top player without having to tank and without having to be a bad, bad team for a number of years. So there's other ways to do it. Well, we'll find out if they can continue this uh, this winning ways that they've been in. That's that's. I mean, it's it's better for. Once again, I, I people people harp on me because they they call me such a negative Nancy and all these different things. I, I when the local teams are winning, every it, all of our jobs get easier. Alex, they all get when 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 the Preds are winning, it's easier to get people involved in loving you know the stories and everything. When the Titans are winning, same. When the Vols are winning, when Vandy is winning, that's what we want. We want we want the local teams winning. So we'll see if they can continue doing it. Alex Darty, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Darty. One covers everything for uh, all Preds. That is for A to Z Sports. He always worked there. Tremendous follow on Twitter, by the way. If you don't, if you're not following, we need to go ahead and bless your timeline and uh, uh, have him on that following or whatever it is. Is it still a timeline, Alex? It's got like following, and then it's got like a for you. I don't know which one do you stay on. I can never. I, I I'll do the for you, but then I'm like I'm probably missing something on the other side oh i don't think i ever go to the for you i i'm just i just i want to make it whoever i'm following i don't uh, want to see all these other people <laughs> alex thanks so much for jumping on buddy all right thanks a lot y'all take it easy absolutely good stuff there from alex darty follow my twitter once again alex darty one and make sure you're on the following side so that way you can see all of what he's doing